I'm looking at a passage that um, Dave looked at on Tuesday, um, not because he didn't do a good job, <laughs> but because there is so much that we can receive from Scripture. Um, John chapter 20, verses 30 and following. I'm just going to read those first two verses first. John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples. These are not recorded in this book. But these, the ones that have been written before this, these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. That to me looks like an ending, doesn't it? It looks like that could be the ending of the Gospel of John. John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31, ends the Gospel of John. Jesus did many other miraculous signs, presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But what is being recorded in this book is so that you know that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Amen. Conclusion. I love John. I love John. Because John says, good news. Extra, extra, read all about it. Good news, extra, extra, read all about it. And John throws in a whole nother chapter of good news. Isn't John cool? I just love John. He is so passionate about the Jesus, about the Jesus that he knew and loved, the same Jesus we know and love, that he can't stop telling the story. So he finishes his gospel, but he says, guys, I want you to hear these last couple of things because these are important. Verse 1. After Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, it happened this way. Sorry, I'm just trying to find mine. Simon Peter... Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon P Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. It is the Lord. It's the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard his name, he said, It is the Lord. He wrapped his outer garment round him, for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred meters. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals. There, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some chips, bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish. You have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. 
None of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. When Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Good news. Extra, extra, read all about it. Why does John just throw this extra chapter in? I wonder. Sometimes we miss the wood for the trees, don't we? And it's very easy to look at a passage like this and, and try and work out why John threw this in. And I think it's because John was passionate about his mission, that people would see Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, they may have life and have it to the full. And Jesus, like John, knew that people needed help with that. If you read the previous chapter, you see how Jesus helped Mary, how Jesus helped the disciples. Jesus was standing in front of Mary. Did Mary recognize Jesus? No. So Jesus had to do something to help her. Did Jesus help her? Yes. What did he say? Mary. And as soon as he said Mary, what happened? Eyes opened and she saw Jesus. Then he's standing in the presence of the disciples. They didn't recognize him. He was standing in front of the disciples. So what does Jesus say to them? To help them to see, to help them to know, to help them to believe. Jesus says, look at my hands. He's wanting them to see and believe. The next passage that John writes about is Thomas. And he says to Thomas, Thomas, put your finger in my hand, put your hand in my side. Why? Jesus says, so that you will believe. Jesus helped them to believe. Even though Jesus was standing right in front of them, they still needed help. And here we have another lovely extra, extra, read all about it moment. As Jesus stands on the side of the shore, they didn't realize it was Jesus. Did you guys catch any fish? No. <laughs> Losers. The, he didn't say that. <laughs> Stop it, Stephen. Put your net out on the right side of the boat. They put the net out on the right side of the boat. What happens? They catch a mother of all mother catch of fish. And then, it's the Lord. It's the Lord. Jesus helped them to see so that by seeing, they will believe. It's what Jesus is in the business of doing. He wants people to believe. So he helps them to see. I love this passage. After Dave spoke on Tuesday, I um, had the opportunity to speak to a wonderful man of God um, who came with the conundrum. What is 153 all about? What's the 153 all about? And isn't it a conundrum? Actually, if you read this passage, how many disciples were there? Seven. <gasps> Seven. Wow, what's going on here? How many times has Jesus appeared to his disciples? Three. <gasps> wow. Seven. 153. Three. There's got to be something in these numbers, hasn't there? <laughs> no. Extra, extra, read all about it. The Jesus 
that we saw crucified and buried has risen from the grave and is doing the miracles that he did then today. And that's what I think John is trying to do here. He's trying to get people to understand it's the same Jesus that was doing the miracles before. Do you remember the other outrageous miracle of generosity? Was that the first miracle Jesus did? What does he do? He turns, um, he turns water into wine. Not just a little bit of wine. Who would have liked to have been at that party? Sorry, Dave, control. John has taken him right back to the beginning of the story. This is the same Jesus. The same Jesus who showed compassion before, the same Jesus that healed before, the same people that rose, the same Jesus that rose, rose people from the dead before. Yes, was crucified, dead, and buried, but he has risen, and look, he's continuing the work today. That's what John is trying to say. And then he does an awesome thing, and then the rest of the, the passage, because the last time we saw Peter, how was Peter? Peter was hearing a cock crow. And that destroyed Peter. But John, bless him, the extra, extra, read all about it moment is, look who's been reinstated. We've got the boss back. We've got Peter back. We've got the head back. John is so generous, isn't he? And if he hadn't published this late edition, if he hadn't published this extra chapter, we would miss these stories. And the story simply is this. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same Jesus that showed compassion is the same Jesus who is present today and will be tomorrow. The same Jesus that healed is the same Jesus who is present today and will be tomorrow. The same Jesus who showed generosity, outrageous generosity, is the same Jesus who is present today and will be present tomorrow. I suspect we've all got stories of his outrageous generosity, haven't we? I'm sure we have. And when we tell people those stories, folk, we're giving them the opportunity to believe and that when people believe, they will receive life and life to the full. Do I have life and life to the full? Yes, why? because I have believed. And why have I believed? Because when I was a teenager, my dad taught me about tithing. First, my first payslip, my first weekly payslip, I gave some of the money to the church, not expecting anything to happen. At the end of the week, I received a parcel. To my total surprise, it was a blue suit. You should have seen me in this blue suit. But I knew straight away that that parcel was from the God of heaven above. Why? Because he loves me and because there is a principle about when we give, we receive. And I could tell you countless of other stories of when I have received physical things, when Veronica and I hadn't received a salary in Zimbabwe for months. Did we go short of food? No. Did we have to stop our children going to school? No. 
Did we not have food on our plates and lager at the weekend? No. Because He is a generous God. And those are of the physical things that I'm talking about. Every day I'm forgiven for the sin I commit. Why? Because He is outrageously generous. Every day He pours out His Holy Spirit on me. Why? Not because I deserve it, not because I am anybody special, but because He loves me and because He wants me to receive the help I need to get through the day. And here's the thing, folk. He's here to help you with whatever you need today. Now. Now. Now.